Hello, and welcome to Good Boys Gone Bland, Episode 3. I'm Denali, kombucha extraordinaire, and voted most likely to join a cult. Uh, yeah, I like that. Uh, I'm Ryan. I'm, of course, the Gemini. And uh, that's literally the only personality trait I have. So, uh... Oh, cool. You're, I didn't know that. Oh, my gosh. That's so interesting. You're a Gemini? That's so interesting. Dude. Yeah, today. Oh, my God. To, yeah, today, yeah. Huh. Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Jace Barley, and I'm going to drink a liter of water during this show. <laughs> Be breaking um, cover. <laughs> personally, I can drink one liter and last 30 minutes until I have to pee. I know this because I did it every single time I had a class in college. It seems like a lot. Known as the piss guy. It's a, a leader seems in my mind like a lot, like because 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 it's their standard, you know, one unit. So and for us, yeah, it's one gallon. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay, it's probably less. It's a lot less, I think. But yeah, that, like same well, scale. I know. Yeah, astronauts say to drink about sixteen to twenty liters a day of water. Um, what? So I do try that, to hit poor at least that. Astronauts? What What astronauts have you been listening to? Bruce Willis? I, I, <laughs> I remember reading it in The Martian, actually, where he was like, um, human needs about 18 liters of water a day. Which That's not true at all. It seemed like a lot. Um, I do have a computer in front of me, and I'm I'm going to double check it. That's um, not true. I, at, that's not true at all. I think I know, you're I off I, by at least yeah. four times. You're I right. I day. sixty Can liters I of water a day is yeah probably the minimum to have clear pee. Sixty. <laughs> yeah. At that point, you're just there's just you're just a straw. It says here um, from the Mayo Clinic. Um, okay, like they're owned by Big Mayo, so like take this with a grain of salt. Yeah, like, they're gonna tell you to fucking drink. What about Mayo <laughs> Um, oh, I'm a miracle. Can you go to Miracle Whip? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm gonna check out Miracle Whip Clinic. They're gonna have some better numbers. Those guys are so much more laid back. I love them. Um, 3.7 liters of fluids a day for men. So I like how they say fluids. Um, like because mayo is still fucking in there. Like they're gonna not gonna discount. They're gonna say water. They're gonna be like anything you want. 3.7 yeah. liters a day. I don't know how we we got away from this. You guys got going on in, in your lives this week. I'm I'll thinking, point it at oh, you. I went to Target and it was really busy. Mm. Not great. Yeah. I don't. Everyone I masked up, them. or you know. Oh yeah. Okay. That's not even an issue here. Yeah, I went to the store for the first time uh, since February uh, last week. Uh, and that was really what? scary. Dude. Yeah, I haven't gone to the store at all. I haven't been inside any public space at all um, hmm. since February, since the coronavirus like hit Seattle. I mean, good for um, you, but also that's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, dude. Like, if everyone was like me and Amber, um, this coronavirus thing would have lasted a week. And yeah, but if everybody was like you, you would have starved to death. Yeah, I because mean... there wouldn't have been people to. Yeah, but if everyone was me, we would, um, I don't know, form a fanatical religious army and conquer most of the, the West Coast. And also, 
yeah, we wouldn't be able to reproduce because we don't have wangs. Yeah. <laughs> I guess if everyone was literally me, yeah, we couldn't reproduce because we'd be all males, and just, really? <laughs> and then we'd all be, be really. Be careful what you wish for, then, man. And then we'd have to elect a leader. And then knowing me, I wouldn't be able to accept another person as a leader. And it would be a civil war. But then I couldn't join a faction because I would only trust myself. Yeah. yeah. I remember a conversation that you had like 10 years ago that was about this very concept. So I know that it made that big of an impression on me. And then I want, I want to socialize. I've been talking about this for years. I want to socialize pizza like i want a socialized pizza program everyone gets a card in the mail mm-hmm. and then you get like a pizza deductible where you spend like at least a hundred dollars a year on pizza and every pizza after that um is covered by this socialized pizza program and it's like you can you can roll it up really fast and everyone's guaranteed a free mm-hmm. pizza every every week what happens if there's a dough shortage won't happen under the socialized pizza program um because we will dedicate whole states to producing flour we already and do that with yeah, like they, nebraska yeah yeah so we already have the infrastructure <laughs> just nebraska will sh- hard shift away from cows um animal farming to just making uh pizza mm-hmm. dough and uh and tomato sauce it will it will change our economy really hard having this thing but are you willing we'll to commit to only vegetarian pizzas um or uh mm. you know what what yeah. kind of uh sustainability are we looking at here for i'm so glad you asked that question jace um and by the way great question and you are such a talented reporter um what's beautiful <laughs> about america is that we all have individual freedoms that were guaranteed to us by our founding fathers mm-hmm. um and it's the freedom of choice and there's the constitution which we need to protect and not a lot of people care about the constitution nowadays um so we need to keep those things in mind and keep our freedoms and keep pushing forward and keep being americans can we sounds like you're reading off like a ben shapiro yeah a bit speech he's i'm so glad you brought that up ryan and um you know what i have to say about that is like that's the beauty of america we all have rights under the constitution and you know we all have um these beautiful views and yeah, like you know, we keep pushing forward and keep prospering and then keep the economy moving forward. When I accept you as my leader, are you willing mm-hmm. to change the name from the founding fathers to the first daddies? Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you asked that question. And that's kind of the beauty of this whole thing. Uh-huh. Um, you know, under the Constitution, we uh-huh. can, you know, we have freedoms. And, um, and we can amend it economy. and they'll be called the first mm-hmm. daddies. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I'm in. And I'm so glad you mentioned that. Um, I mean, that can probably even just be like an executive order or like a bill. You don't really need to like the pizza could... thing. The pizza thing needs an amendment. It's gonna let, be. Let, it's let, gonna let, be a part let, of it. That's <laughs> you need just an executive order to socialize pizza because no. I feel like there wouldn't be controversy at all. No way. <laughs> you you have like... no idea about the people who are anti-pizza in this world. That just no, shows no, how no. sheltered your worldview is. Yeah, I go up to Congress, and I'm like, "Pizza party!" They go fucking ravenous, foaming at the mouth, clawing at their desks. Bowing. They do that normally, <laughs> dude. You know how fucking boring it is in Congress, and you say you say because you know they like laugh at like really boring things, like like you know, and someone like slips on a banana peel in like a 1930s movie. Can you imagine? That's just like, hilarious. Up a pizza party in Congress. They'll fucking worship you, dude. And then we could unite as a country. 
I'm just saying. I'm just building a campaign here. I'm just riffing, guys. You know. But you guys could get cabinet positions in my pizza administration, the pizza party. That's my upload. Can I be the um, secretary of pineapple? Mm, controversial mm, question. Okay. Yeah. Yes. We can't be by pizza tin. By by part by party pizza tin. By pizza party tin. <laughs> I do feel a potential for a civil war if you if we open up a section for pineapple pizza. Well, then we will succeed. <laughs> Me in Hawaii. <laughs> you know, pineapple pizza is a Canadian thing because it's it's like Canadian bacon and it was made in Canada. I feel like it's already. I don't think so. I don't think it was so. Invented in Canada. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, pineapple I pizza is what. I'm gonna Google. You might be right. Okay, no, no, what? You might be right. Sam Panopoulos claimed that he created the first Hawaiian pizza at the satellite restaurant in Catham, Ontario, Canada, in 1962. But that guy sounds like a fucking liar. Canadian bacon. Um, Jace, what do you got going on this week? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thanks, segue. I'm uh, I'm surviving COVID and a lot out. Yeah, we just got uh, 90 more pounds. Uh, for the gym, and now I have five hundred six. I've got oh. five hundred and sixty pounds worth of weight plates in my garage. I probably shouldn't be saying that because you know, cut this whole section. Somebody's gonna break into my garage. That's literal gold <laughs> during COVID. Speaking of the real world, um, we watched a movie this week um, as part of our Affleck Attic portion of our podcast. Uh, if you guys want to get into it right now, for those who don't know, if this is your first episode, God help you. Um, this this portion of our show is where we go through and review each Ben Affleck movie every week. We watch a new one. I don't know how long we're going to do this for. I don't know if we're going to watch all 157 Ben Affleck movies. Um, we might. Um, but we're going we're gonna to go through some of the good ones. Um, <laughs> we watched Armageddon, which is probably the most scientifically accurate movie ever made about space. Yes. Um, yeah. It was proven. It was because NASA was in it. It's a hard, yeah. NASA was in it. They, they let them it. go they to NASA, them. and NASA doesn't just let them do that. Exactly. We all watched it. Are you guys? You guys watched it last night. I just finished it, um, so it's very fresh in my mind. It's very good, good, perfect movie um, that was definitely made. Let's let's kind of break down the movie a little bit. Um, yeah. This this who Starting... someone have a summary prepped or. Does someone want to give a non-biased, mm-hmm. neutral, present, present it as a C-plus movie mm. take that they can give of, of, of the movie? Armageddon. I can give a straight Bay. down the center. Um, I can give a straight down the center um, synopsis. Yeah, pitch so you guys can kind of jump in. Pitch it. I, can yeah. I, one second. I want to give some numbers here. Uh, it's written on the yeah. board behind me. Armageddon, 1998. Mm-hmm. This movie did have a budget. Twice that of Daredevil, standing around $150 million. Yeah. And going by the law of economics, um, this should be about twice as good as Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, isn't that not with a lot of economics? Like, that's. I haven't read a lot about isn't, economics. Isn't um, the law of economics like diminished returns? Uh, you're throwing a lot of big terms at me. Um, that's okay. We'll keep moving. We want to keep it yeah. nice and simple. A lot of simple yeah. words, just like Armageddon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> deals with the science basically the plot of this movie um, there is a giant asteroid headed to earth 
This is the comment. big one, boys. Is it a comment? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. This is the one. No, that's a whole topic. That's a whole yeah, topic. Okay, okay. Whole topic. This asteroid's going to bring back the dinosaurs. <laughs> Once it hits, they're going to come crawling out. <laughs> Wasn't that implied? <laughs> Wasn't that implied in the subtext? It's a ghost. It's a ghost asteroid or something. It's, 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 ghost, it's a haunted life. asteroid. It's going to come in. It's going to smash. Send that portion back in time. <laughs> and there was going to be a whole other movie. But anyways, this asteroid's going to enter it. It's going to be very bad if it hits. Um, and then this crackpot team of NASA scientists decide that um, um, part of the game plan is to blow this asteroid apart via drilling into it and hire this ragtag, devil-may-care, don't-give-a-fuck driller crew. Best um, in the world. From an oil rig. Yep, to save the world. Train them as astronauts in 18 days. Send them up to space and save the day. This stars an all-star all -star cast. Some of 2000s biggest uh or late 90s early 2000s biggest stars we got the bruce willis we got the billy bob billy bob thornton ben affleck Liv tyler steve buscemi owen wilson who says like six lines and bails yeah yeah michael clark duncan, michael clark duncan. yeah second week in a he, row again hero yeah the second ben affleck michael clark duncan, duncan collab yeah. they got electricity between them and then peter stomar um great character actor yeah shows up in this for movie. sure this is going to be a spoiler um, spoiler podcast for those of you who have been anticipating Armageddon and have had it on your list for a while. Um, we're going to interject. Literally, the fact that it's full of A-list celebrities and it's mm -hmm. about the end of the world tells mm -hmm. you what the ending is going to be. That asteroid is going to rip through the center of the Earth. <laughs> Roll credits. Give us all what we deserve. <laughs> and the other thing I want to bring up about this movie briefly before we kind of dive in was the amount of uh timers in this movie um there was so many ones where like the timer's counting down and then yeah. there's like one second left and the day gets saved um, <laughs> so like at least six times. times yeah like we need to jump right into the bend meter okay the bend meter is going to be measuring um the are we measuring like afflecciness or well, of overall quality i think there's factors right okay so we give it the amount of bend mm-hmm the oh, volume how much okay. how much ben is ben like how benny ben is mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how much he's utilized and like kind of how he's you know yeah like well, well also yeah the afflickiness is how ben is ben mm -hmm. and then also the quality of ben mm -hmm. okay so how good is ben sheer volume i think we got a good amount of screen time he was definitely a major character in this movie he's number three i think yeah right he would be like number three I would say so. Yeah. yeah. Behind Bruce Willis. Um, and Billy Bob. Behind, behind Billy Bob. Yeah, I would. It's about, I think that's about right. As far as the Affleckiness meter goes, I think it was extremely high. Kind of like the uh, kind of dirtbag, um, who gives a shit freewheeler, um, who's like kind of a womanizer. I think that's literally Ben Affleck concentrated down to his essence. Yeah, pretty high. Yeah, on the how Ben is Ben, it's pretty bad. He's. The, the, it the could issue have been a is, sequel to Goodwill Hunting, and I would have believed it. Yeah, think about the opening to the movie. Think, think oh, about yeah, the, he's in bed with a girl, and mm -hmm. he fucked up and let some oil go, or they lost a eighty was, meters of pipe or something. Like that. I think he Later, left yeah. a dr I think he left a drill running. 
through the night. And then, oh, by the way, and then uh, that, that scene is immediately followed by him going, we got the second best driller in the world. And it's, it's Ben Affleck. <laughs> there was a giant fuck up and they're like, guess who it was? The second best driller in the world. And like, that goes unsaid. You don't need, even need to clarify who it is. Yeah. So Let's, that's yeah. He, he's like probably 25 in that movie. I, I just, I, I guess, yeah, he's pretty darn young. Pretty darn young. Mm-hmm. I, 25 might be, might I don't be know if they said it. They might be pushing it. I was thinking like, uh, early 20s. Like drinking. Liv yeah. Tyler was young. She was really young. Um, it was weird seeing all these actors that we kind of know as like some people in their mid forties and fifties. I suppose that's how time works. I just haven't seen them in a while, and it was it was pretty jarring, especially Billy Bob Thornton to see him like with dark hair and, um, you know, with with some uh, youthfulness to him. Our, um, same with Owen Wilson. Our viewers are gonna have to forgive me. I'm being taken on a journey, much like you are. I believe that Ryan and Denali have more Affleck experience uh, than I do. So oh. I don't have I don't have much to like I, I feel like in this portion I'm a bit weaker. So I I really get to compare the Affleck meter, you know, as we as <laughs> we watch movies. Yeah, from Daredevil. So, you know, what I have to say here is he's just as horny as he was 6 years later in Daredevil. And that's great. <laughs> I love the consistency from film to film. Man, you're going to love Gone Girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this is this goes on to our my theory about Affleck verse, where all the movies are just kind of in the same universe. Um, <laughs> where in Goodwill Hunting, you know, his friend Goodwill goes on to like have a great career and stuff. He grows up, works on an oil rig, um, then gets sprayed in the eyes with oil after saving the planet from the yeah. asteroid. Becomes Daredevil, gets yeah. his sight back, and gets into a affair as a college professor because he he learned a lot after working on the oil rig. Mm-hmm. Um, and into Gone Girl. Um, there's some other movies in between. And um, then he Morgan's joins there. the CIA and Rob's mm-hmm. bank. Yeah, yeah. This is it's going to be hard, but I'll 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 draw a thread. We'll we'll work on it. We'll draw a thread through it. Okay, I think quality of Ben. Mm-hmm. He was pretty good. He was pretty good. I want. I have one note. Yeah. Yep. The best shot in the movie was of mm-hmm. Ben. Um. The the atrocity that is the space Jason scene was <laughs> almost saved in my in my mind from a quarter second long shot of Ben banging on the window to the there's a door that's keeping him out of an airlock because the space station is mm-hmm. exploding yeah brick by brick apparently so he's mm-hmm. on a farther section that hasn't exploded yet and he's yep. banging on a window and there's a really cool shot of him like through a circular window and I thought that was really well done. Um, and he showed a lot of emotion in those moments. I think quality of Ben is pretty high. Pretty um, high. He's pretty Ben, but not yeah. that much Ben. He got hurt by the A-list cast. We got he's not he's, first off. He's not he's not first build. He's not second build. He might be third build, but he shares his plot with another character. So I would give this probably a six on the Ben meter. Six bends out of ten. Six bends out of ten bends. Jace, I know you said you have a limited knowledge of Ben Affleck. Correct. This is yeah. okay. You've seen Daredevil. Yep. You've probably seen at least one other Affleck movie in your life. I, I have. At least. How do you think he did? Or how do you I think the think movie did with him? With the, uh, so I, I mentioned it earlier. I think that uh, he, he was definitely a major player in the film. 
but as we'll get into it, I feel like it was more of a way to tie Bruce Willis's daughter to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's still a lot of volume. Four out of five, like high volume, horny as hell. Um, yeah. Animal cracker scene. We'll get into that. That's shooting the numbers yeah. straight through the roof. That was Man. bizarre. Sensual. <laughs> um, it, I'm gonna have to give, and then again, I it, you know, I enjoyed the films. We'll talk about some moments that I enjoyed. I'm gonna have to give it. Uh, I'm gonna have to give it seven bends. Seven bend heads out of ten. Seven bend heads. I felt like I was getting spit on for two mm-hmm. and a half hours okay. because Michael Bay just said, I don't care that it's not realistic. Uh-huh. I just want to entertain people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's make a science movie. Mm-hmm. And it feels like if you know anything at all, if you're educated at all, if you know anything about science, if you even care so like at all about space movies and science fiction, you will hate this movie because it is just so inaccurate. And that's what I really hate. Yeah. And I think if, I don't know if Neil deGrasse Tyson has seen this movie, I think it would kill him if he saw yeah. it. I don't think his heart could take it. <laughs> He would die. So I'm I'm glad it was released back then and not now, before he was born. Um, <laughs> we want to get into the actual content, the meat of the movie itself, um, a little bit. We can talk about um, some of. There's so much to unpack here about yeah. issues. We can talk about the glaring thing, and I know this has been mentioned on internet circles. Why is it easier to train astronauts to be? Miners. Drillers to be astronauts in 18 fucking days. Teach them hundreds of different skills and different technical qualifications versus teach astronauts to run a drill rig. Yeah. And the response to that, that people now quote, because that's the that's the famous thing, right? Ben Affleck approached Michael Bay and said, Why don't they train astronauts yeah. to drill? Michael Bay said, Shut up and like owned <laughs> owned Ben Affleck. <laughs> and and Wait, people are like, Yeah, told him to shut up. It's explained in the movie. Like that that's the that that's the response. Except that makes no sense. You can't just say, Oh yeah, we explain in the movie and the explanation is it's easier. Mm-hmm. The it doesn't make any sense at all. The in fact the people who are drilling are doing a terrible job at drilling. They fuck <laughs> up on a constant basis. I had yeah, you're right. And I had no uh, basis of them being skilled drillers at all dude like because they're getting in fist fights they're freewheeling shooting guns what do you mean there was a scene i have this written down here where the chinese executive during the first 15 minutes of the movie in the oil rig explosion stops and goes hi thumb you are man harry these are the best drillers in the world I think that's a very clear, coherent, and effective counterpoint, Jace. Mm-hmm. And that's the uh, the classic late '90s um, tokenization of Asian people too, where it's just oh, like smiley yeah, guy bad. giving yeah. thumbs up. Look, it's a joke. He's a silly Asian man, and yeah. like that's so, just glaring with other things in this movie. There's two other parts where that happens yeah. in Alley. It happens two other times. Apparently, New York is like this clean awesome city with all these super awesome glassy high-rises 
and Shanghai is a bunch of wooden shacks. Yeah, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> I was like, okay, this is clearly out in the sticks, and this is how they want to show, like, East Asia or whatever. And they're, like, you know, squatting by, like, puddles of water and, like, throwing, like, fishing rods. And they're like, it is Shanghai, one of the most populated and industrialized areas in the world. <laughs> like, what the fuck? We, was, okay, yeah. this movie was, this might be a good time to talk about it. This movie was so U.S.-centric no other country in the world knew about any of these <laughs> asteroids or these pieces of debris hitting New York or anywhere else in the world or was able to detect the giant mm -hmm. comet flying at the world in space. <laughs> Except one dude in a van. <laughs> exactly. Does this bring up the point of this being Republican porn? Um, <laughs> well, because... The opening shot is him flipping off Greenpeace, calling them a bunch of stupid hippies, and saying about how oil rigs rule, um, constantly shitting on scientists, saying, like, we're a bunch of salt-of-the-earth guys. We know how, with intuition, fuck the experts. Everyone's like, yeah! And there's American flags constantly in the foreground. One time, Bruce Willis turns around, he's like, we'll, we'll get the job done. And there's an American flag literally flapping behind his head. I just... Is this just like a Republican National Convention thing they just like put on just to get people hyped yeah. up? No, seriously. And I think both of you have made two separate points that need to be connected. <laughs> in that in order to get someone like that to watch this movie and not just trash on it, they had to do both of those things. <laughs> because it is a movie that's about loosely about science. It purports itself to be about science. Yeah. So in order to get anybody to watch it from that half of the united states they have to do both those things they need to put in dumb shit like well, not just pander yeah and i noticed this in transformers another michael bay movie where um one of the autobots grabs an american flag um and puts it back up after the decepticons knock it over and then uh who's the optimus prime he says a comment where he's like you know we'll do anything to protect freedom and then i remember people in my theater clapped when that happened in the third Transformers movie. So, yeah. This is not an isolated incident with Michael Bay. <laughs> Does this pass the, was it the Bechdel test, the Bechdel test? So, the ahead, test Mark. is are there two female characters who have a conversation with each other that's not yeah. about men? Yeah. And, and the answer is no freaking no, way. Not at because all. I wrote down every single female character. About halfway through, I was like, I'm going to start keeping track of this shit. And so they are the only non-stripper characters. <laughs> there are five of them. Mm -hmm. um, there is the wife, Dottie, and she refers mm -hmm. to herself as a slave, and she's seen only in a nightgown. Yeah. And then we have a pilot who mm -hmm. is actually the most prominent female character, except for Liv Tyler. Yep, yep. And she is just known as the pilot. She, her name is mentioned like once. And she's referred to as hot. She was totally sexualized. Like, and then time. the other character is a single mom who her occupation or anything about her doesn't, uh, isn't shown. The only thing we know about her is she's keeping the identity of the father hidden. We see everything mm -hmm. from the father's point of view. And then we have Grace, who is... Liv Tyler, and who's actually part of the plot, but the entire time it's about whether or not her father owns her. Yeah. And we see the encounter 
uh, when we first meet her character from her father's and her boyfriend's eyes. And the fifth and final non-stripper female character. Lay it on us, it, Ryan. Do you guys remember it? I want to ask. Do you guys, do you guys remember it? Uh, I'm not going to look at IMDb, <clears throat> which I have open right now. Um, another female character that was, in this, that was not a stripper. That's so important. Oh, my God, dude. You mentioned one. Were those I chronological? I don't. Um, no. I'm thinking. Man, I do have to say the 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 relation to Dottie does have my favorite quote of the movie, probably. Um, uh, <laughs> she be she being. Uh, I want I want to name this comet after my wife Dottie. And he looks up at the camera and he says, "She is a vicious, life sucking bitch from which there is no escape." <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's so fucked up i'll break the suspense the other character is the woman that steve buscemi is picking up in the bar who is married and who is considering cheating on her newly oh, married husband with the ring because oh okay. points out the diamond's not real oh and then the japanese lady who said she wants to go shopping ignoring oh um, there you go the sixth one there you go so you there. just put me wrong yeah so is this is this movie um kind of in line with representation and any level of feminism or just absolutely kind of, absolutely yeah i i definitely agree um it was glaringly it was it was glaringly bad and i i, I so knew offensive. it was gonna be bad the first like three minutes like yeah as, and they, they seen, thought they could yeah. throw in they thought they could throw in the pilot character and solve the problem yeah and literally every line is dudes hitting on her and talking about how hot she is like they have three conversations about how hot this 18 year old girl is yeah and that's that's another thing about watching movies that are before the year 2012 um <laughs> like things like this are fucking glaring yep and you, you make a movie like that nowadays i feel like people have a less less of a taste for that stuff where they're like oh this is this is just not fucking okay like this is you know we can't have this in there they'll trash on it um and it's just there's a gold mine of this in Michael Bay movies, unfortunately. Can I talk about the the movie making aspect? Okay, Ryan, pull the pin, baby. Okay, the average shot length in this movie is oh, one point, <laughs> is, is one point five seconds long, and it's two oh, before and a cuts. half hours long. And so mm. they there's an there's an edit about every one and a half seconds throughout this entire movie, and it runs mm. for. What is that? 150 minutes. So it is probably the worst paced movie I've seen in my entire life. Because Worse than Daredevil? Daredevil, I could see the creative aspect to it. You don't okay. introduce the villain until later because we, we had a whole dis- we had like a whole a discussion, discussion about, about yeah. that. But this, I clicked on the thing because you know, sometimes you click on the remote and you want to see how much is left in the movie. And I was thinking probably about 10 minutes right yeah couldn't be one they're wrapping it up final act it said 52 minutes yeah <laughs> and they if you guys remember at 30 minutes there's a character montage and we're introduced to all the people he's about to call up oh the team yeah the, the team. team we've already met them we've i think we we've met already met most them. of them yeah on i the think like six or on seven the, of the, them weren't on his rig right but like they spend an an insane amount of time and budget probably like shooting these shots and explaining to us who these characters are that we've already met. Yeah. And 
I think that if anything, this movie would have been improved by taking out at least half of the content. There was an hour in space. Yeah. A literal hour. You hit, you hit an hour left, and they're just getting to space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think about half the space scenes were timers clock counting down. The nuke counting down. The trigger for the nuke counting down. The like time for the asteroid to get there counting down. There was so yeah. many countdowns. I didn't have enough adrenaline left shooting out of my <laughs> kidneys to make it through the last part. I just, I was totally fried. And I think the the issue was that none of the shots were creative. If you, a long movie is, is doable, like Lord of the Rings and stuff. You have these epic battles that are pretty mesmerizing for the eye. But in this movie, it doesn't, nothing, absolutely nothing on screen pops out because we're shown a 20-minute montage of a spaceship crashing into a comet or asteroid, and or asteroid, and every single shot looks the same, and you could have replaced any one with any one of its neighbors. So I think that the, the biggest issue was the length of the movie just being padded by mm-hmm. not only inane subplots, but also just the repetition of shots. Yeah. And I think the way Michael Bay films and like this, this happens with like explosions I see on movies, I get instantly bored. Like I find explosions very, very boring. And like yes. when they're doing long scenes of things getting destroyed, I was like, like yawning. Like, I don't know if it's because I've just seen it too much, um, but it's just not interesting at all, especially in this movie. I, I, I was thinking that there were actually, some, there were some, there were some moments in the movie that I liked um, mm-hmm. in some scenes, not, whether on, whether man. whether or not they were like great movie wise so they were discussing leaving and they were going to leave the next evening up on the spaceship and they're walking through uh it's Bruce Willis uh i guess the head scientist um and the the okay. colonel the, the the colonel or the guy who's going to be piloting the ship and they're walking in mm-hmm. and he's like we're going to need to lock him down and stop training and he's like you're going to need to give my men uh the whole night off and he's like, yeah. what? And he's like, he's like, no, we need everyone to be prepared. And Bruce crazy? Willis, Bruce Willis turns and, he, and he's like, he's like, do you have any, do you have any family? And the guy's completely caught off guard. Two girls. Bruce sh- shoots back to Bruce Willis, and obviously you can't see the top of his head. Like of course not. Out, right? <laughs> and he's Bay like, hates top, top of heads. And he's like, wouldn't you like to see your little girls? And I'll be honest, I was hammered at this point. So it cuts, it cuts from him and that, and I'm like, I would like to see my little girls to the strippers and partying and racing cars. And I just was, I went from like, yeah, I would to like, oh, holy shit, what's happening? Do any of you have kids? Do do his do his little girls live in or work in Magic City or something? I don't understand. <laughs> He totally he manipulated him. <laughs> do you, do you guys have any like specific shots that you want to talk about? Because I found two, and I've already talked about one of them. I mean, Ryan, I don't have a, a shot. I have like a I have scene like a scene. So do you, yeah, if you have a it. shot? Go okay. Are you are you? I'll, yeah. I'll, what's I'll the difference? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, I have two scenes. One one of the scenes is when um, towards the end of the movie, the government wants wants to blow up the nuke on the asteroid 
kill everybody on there because all hope is gone. We're not going to be able to drill it to the center. Let's just blow it up, kill all the main characters, whatever. Um, Bruce Willis and the government guys who are on the ship with them get in a big fight, and Bruce is like choking him with the big the big pliers the big thing, and they're all pointing guns at each other. And Steve Buscemi walks in, not knowing what's happening. He's like, "What did I miss?" And I, <laughs> I, I got a big laugh out of me. Just yeah, like that scene that was great. Um, the other part was obviously the the uh, end scene where um, Bruce Willis uh, sacrifices his life to save Ben Affleck's character. Ben Affleck was supposed to die. He's supposed to go down with a ship, blow it remotely, because of course the trigger's broken, like in every movie, and he's got to hit hit the button manually. Bruce Willis, at the last second, pulls him back in the tube, and he's like, "You can marry my daughter." And then you know they have a moment. And even though problematic aspects aside, that 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 made me get emotional. That was a really good scene. I agree. I really liked that whole interaction, and it, I think it it finally made me like Bruce Willis's character a little bit. I I do remember that scene, thinking that the 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 word "I love you," the, the phrase "I love you." He he did say that. Ben Affleck did say that, which was I think was, was a nice turn, like mm-hmm. from from the beginning. That was a nice character arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, I thought of you as my son. And like they had like that moment, and I was like, <laughs> my heart. Is that why he didn't want him banging his daughter? Oh, like in a literal sense. Mm. I've always thought of you as a literal blood relative of mine, and my only concern is at a genetic point of uh, for defects for the potential child, not because of any out outmoded <laughs> thing about patriarchal sexuality. <laughs> yeah, oh. it makes it better. It makes it less oh, it problematic. Isn't that something? Okay, so, JC, you, you said something about what's the difference between a scene and a shot. Yeah, what the shit? What are we talking about here? So, a scene would be a series of shots. A shot is a single instance of the camera capturing something. Is that a is that a still frame moment? No, or is that one, like... Moving. So I discussed a shot, or I discussed a scene in which they are walking down and they move from talking about needing a break to having the break. Yeah. In the subsection of just Bruce Willis saying, wouldn't you like to see your daughters? Yeah, one literal camera on, camera off. Ah, okay. Before there's cuts between multiple shots. Between two cuts, when one camera frame is presented to us, that that was what I would consider a shot. Okay. And you can obviously you can go back, right? Like you get this a lot with um, two people talking, especially in Michael Bay movies, because he doesn't shoot dialogue scenes well at all. You can get an over-the-shoulder shot of somebody. Person one says something, and this and this camera shows them. Mm-hmm. Person two says something, and the camera flips around. Yeah. And then the person one speaks again, and it goes, it reverts to that same shot, that same setup. Okay. Yeah, all the There time. was one shot that I, in the movie that I actually liked, and that was Liv Tyler in the NASA headquarters when they're trying to recruit people. And she's laying, I think she has her hands under her chin, and she's kind of sitting there thinking, and there's a green light on her face. And Bruce Willis is in the background out of focus and i think the focus length changes in that shot once and i that's the only shot in the entire movie that i liked except for the one i mentioned about ben affleck through the window in the space station door Hmm. yeah she's thinking about banging ben affleck in that scene 
Well, presumably. <laughs> Speaking of banging Ben Affleck, um, we uh, there was that, that scene with the animal crackers um, before he he ships off. We mentioned it earlier. Yeah. So, so can we get a synopsis of the animal cracker scene real quick? Yeah. Um... <laughs> so Ben's about to ship off, um, and I he's having a close sweet moment my with Liv Tyler. Eyes. While her father sings in the back. Wait, are we talking about the same scene? Because there was a scene where they're all singing Aerosmith while he's spinning her around and making out with her. No, there's like four Aerosmith songs, dude. I mean, yeah, her dad was like, I'll do the entire soundtrack, no questions asked. But no, seriously, tell us about the Animal Cracker song. Okay, the Animal Cracker scene was was what she was laying down, I guess was kind of like slightly shirtless. Partially unclothed. He was doing, yeah, he was doing, like, this, like, fun, flirtatious thing with the two animal crackers, reenacting, like, a nature documentary and pretending her body was the landscape. Um, it was, it was so weird, man. I just, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand why it was so long. And then he's like, oh, we're gonna go up in, you know, and we're gonna go down and, like, kind of just, you know, being a little sexual about the The greatest crackers. debacle, whether to go up or go down under. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah and, and it, it, it didn't it linger for like five seconds with silence like just radio yeah. silence on him a, after he asked that question but i, I think that is it then cut to her and she's like yeah with the lip she's into it. and who the fuck like signed off on that and like why was michael bay like this needs to be in the movie man like this is a two and a half hour long movie we probably cut out like a hundred hours of shit but we need to keep like this whole 10 minute stretch of this animal cracker flirtatious scene i don't know there was a lot of um paid promotion in this movie and maybe animal crackers had that in part of their contract he needed to have a certain amount of minutes showing them in the shot um because, you know, there was, like, the BMW in the background of that movie with the logo clearly oh. shown. Um, I was unaffected by the product placement of this movie, or I was just not looking for it. Yeah, I was oblivious. I didn't know. I didn't oh. think about it at all. Huh. I bought a BMW after watching it. <laughs> there was, there was like, a couple BMW shots, and even that car there right by was a brand-new BMW <laughs> posted on a hill with the sun setting behind it. Um, I think the better animal cracker scene would be probably a scientist eating it or something to show that like yeah cool smart people eat it instead of making it like a sexy thing and i feel like the venn diagram of like of of i feel like little kids eat eat animal crackers and that's not gonna make them want, <laughs> want parents to give it to the kids i guess i reenacted that scene last night <laughs> Not yourself. Were you Liv Tyler? Well, well. I was both. <laughs> I was both. Yes, okay. <laughs> I still have an animal cracker in my pants. So if I had overarching complaints to make about this movie, to, to, to do with the movie making, from the movie making side, mm -hmm. I would say pacing and length is probably number one. Just... Yep. I don't care about the quick cuts. I don't care about the unsteady cam as long as it's shorter. <laughs> and mm -hmm. then my second, and I think my best complaint, or maybe worst complaint, and this is not limited to Armageddon, which is, I think, why it's a good thing to, watch, to be careful when we're watching other Ben Affleck movies. I would rather watch competent people do great things 
then watch incompetent people do normal things. Wait, let me think and about it, what you just said. Hang on. Let me draw a line to what you just said. That confused me a little bit. And maybe it's because I lost a couple IQ points watching that movie, and so soon I need to recover them. So you'd rather watch good people making good things than bad people making okay things. Right. Simple words. Right. <laughs> or a simple man. So the, the issue in this movie, right, is that the, the, there's a job that needs to be done. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the only thing standing in our way is the insane personality traits of the characters. Yes. If they reined it in, if they understood the gravity of the situation and acted like rational human beings, gravity. we would not have a movie. Or the movie would be very different and be called Deep Impact. And yeah, we could talk about that same movie that came out the same year. And was yeah. <laughs> but, but the issue is um, the nuclear bomb starts exploding or something happened because Steve Buscemi's character randomly jumps up on top of a car that's supposed to be drilling and grabs a minigun and starts firing at, at his friends because he thinks that would be f a fun thing to do. Didn't he have space dementia? What the fuck is space dementia? Is that even a thing? That was their explanation for that scene, Ryan, where he's like, space dementia. Gets him every time. <laughs> yeah. Is that a thing? No. I'm Googling it. And I think that Armageddon's the only one that's going to come up. Nobody's ever been on a comment before. So Michael it's... Bay was really just discovering with this movie you know, um, a completely new landscape. It's song by Muse. <laughs> um, yeah, it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. I think my, that was my issue, is that what if they got there and there was a huge bigger problem and they're they were like wow it's a good thing we sent the drillers instead of the astronauts yeah. because mm. the astronauts would not have been able to do it only the drillers can mm -hmm. instead it was we should have sent the astronauts the mentally stable astronauts that could probably with their like three doctorates they need to have operate specialized equipment yeah if, or if... maybe they could do it by pressing a button it takes a pretty severe uh, subverting of the plot. I mean, that would be a completely different thing because I mean, one of the major aspects is that even the even the lead astronaut goes crazy, right? So I, I get what you're saying, but you know that guy was like, "We're gonna blow the nuke," and it's like, "Well, okay, you're gonna kill the entire Earth." Yeah, but you have to affect it with space dimension as well. <laughs> yeah, the yeah space dimension contagious at that point. <laughs> Can we also talk about the 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 numerous miniguns that NASA decided to put on the rovers? Why, yeah, why were there miniguns on, on <laughs> rovers? And then he was like, "Thank God they're where I'm from." <laughs> he shoots. Ben Affleck shoots through the side of a ship to get out with a rover with with a minigun that weighs thousands of pounds that they brought to space with them. Yeah, what the fuck? I yeah. But, but if, you know if that wasn't there, then they wouldn't. He wouldn't have lived. So maybe they always pack right a there. minigun. I'm gonna Google real quick if NASA has miniguns on all of their vehicles. They do. Well, they do have miniguns on oh, everything. Oh, there's there's even like a minigun on the little jetpack that they have. Um, How about they on have, the Hubble. Yeah, they do it just in case they run into Russians. <laughs> <laughs> Russians from the Russian space station. 
Yeah, who who whose, have whose a space station is... and couldn't find the comet. <laughs> it's sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and I think that's the part of it is is like the Russian space station number one was named Russian space station, which mm-hmm. is a, it's another insult to anybody who isn't America. But also, when they get there, the Russians are completely incompetent. There's one guy, and he was crazy from 18 months by himself in space. In mm-hmm. space. Yeah, and he, he the, space the, the space station is supposed to be run down, and everything that Americans do is so much better. And the Russians are terrible. And the guy in the Russian space station even has a terrible Russian accent. And yeah, Peter Stomar is not Russian, <laughs> the actor. And that's the, the thing to me was they have a freaking space station. <laughs> and you're treating them like they do not know what they're doing. Yeah. It was just so insulting. I definitely agree. And like, he'll do things constantly where he's like, I will show you how to do this. And he like hits it with a wrench. And he's like, oh, I'm just like an ape. And I'm just going to fucking smash things. And like, that's how we do it in Russia. And like, that's how, you know. And yeah, it was, it was just. That, he did say one thing that holds true. It's like Russian parts, American parts, all made in Taiwan. (laughs) That's, that was a good one. Why did the Russian parts look so terrible compared to the American parts. <laughs> it's because he's hitting him with a wrench all the time. Oh. That's, yeah, that's kind of right. lost in translation. We don't know. How long has that space station been up there? And again, why can Russia not detect the giant Earth-ending comet? <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, is Russia literally had a space station up with a name. Yeah, we didn't have one. The didn't Mir Space Station, M-I-R. Yeah, they, they, they had the Mir Space Station before this movie was made. Oh, is that right? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Okay. In 1998, at least five different countries, minimum, I would say, could have sent spaceships up to go from the two. NASA, we always send two, just in case one explodes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There could have been 15. Was in... Space for like ten years, starting in the eight mid eighties. I didn't know that. I'll be honest. Um, there's a lot of this thing, a lot of things this movie missed the mark on. Um, we we dissed it a lot. We found maybe some, um, you know, some moments of redemption. We want to give our scores, our overall scores of what we think of yeah. this, this bad boy. Ryan, how about you give uh, you give your score independent of Ben Affleck being in the movie? Um, what do you think? What's your score? Um, out of 10, so let's do this out of 10, out of- my score is mm. a 2 out of 10. 2! Mm. 2 out of 10 for Armageddon. Scraping the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> yeah. The yeah, this is on a, on a level of, like, um, from the Russian space station to the bottom of the Marianas Trench, this is Titanic. This is the Titanic, okay. Deep. You didn't like the movie. Oh God! I thought I think it's the worst movie I've ever seen. I think it's the worst blockbuster movie that like was put out by a Hollywood thing that's not like you know one of those purposely B-roll movies. Uh, yeah, or not B-roll, the B-movies. Sharks I think it's the worst. Movie. Like, I think it, yeah. I, I would be hard pressed to find another movie that I would have walked out of if I was watching in the theater. Roger Ebert had this line about this movie where he said, "No matter how much." It, you pay to get in, it's worth more to get out. 
And I I wholeheartedly agree. They would have made so much money on twice my movie ticket by charging me to get out of this movie because I would have left. I am okay. I, I I am upset that they ga- gathered twelve dollars from us. I don't know where that money oh, goes, yeah. but <laughs> we had to rent the movie. It's not even a, it's not even on streamings. I gave Jeff Bezos three dollars of my money to watch that steaming garbage pile. Um, the thing about um, if we're using the scientific method, this movie got what thirty eight percent Rotten Tomatoes. Was this worse than Daredevil? What do you think, Ryan? No. No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, hold on. Yes, it was worse yes. than Daredevil. You, you called it the worst movie you ever seen. Uh, you said Daredevil was the worst movie you ever seen, so it's going lower so far. No, yeah, it's lower. Than, so wait, it's lower than Daredevil. Yeah. Daredevil is heads and tails. I don't know if that even applies. It's heads and tails above Armageddon. Uh, okay. Daredevil had a lot going on that was in the right mm-hmm. direction, I think, and plus more Ben. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jace. Jace. What do you think? <laughs> uh, my re- my rating straight from the movie. Test failed. NASA approved. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's a really good way to summarize the movie. Right? It fails in every aspect except it makes money. Yeah, and I don't think uh, I'm. G- I I don't think I could watch this movie again this decade. But may. Okay. Maybe in 2034. 2034. Yeah. Or 2054 when that Apophis asteroid does a close pass to us and has like a small percent chance of hitting us. Yeah. Um, we do a watch party. Some in, some in, some enjoyable moments. This is the opposite of, of Daredevil. Uh, I thought it was bad, but I liked watching it. Daredevil, I thought it wasn't a great movie. You know, but I enjoyed okay. watching him flip around and beat the shit out of people. Okay. Um, I guess it's not even the opposite. I thought this was a bad movie, and I don't want to watch <laughs> it again. <laughs> it was bad, and I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> but I enjoyed so it a little. It's like a guilty pleasure, but I wouldn't watch it again. This. Uh... Okay. So where Let's are you on a numerical aspect? Jace? On a, yeah, on give a, us num- a number, Jace. I know you said it failed. Yeah, and uh, enjoy. Prop. I'm probably three, probably in line with, with the uh, like tomato meter, and the people. There, there's enough in the movie that kept me enthralled, and enough mm-hmm. scientific scientific illiteracy that I was like, scientific, uh, yeah, scientific illiteracy that I had to keep watching and was like, and I, I forgot what happened. I honestly wanted the comet to destroy the Earth. <laughs> so. <laughs> Test failed and has approved. My numerical score for this movie. Um, so yeah, was this a movie that was this the best movie in the world? Uh, no. Was this a movie that I liked? No. Um, but was this a movie that I could kind of see adding something to American culture? Also, no. Um, I did not like this movie. <laughs> I thought it actually subtracted from the whole. Like field of of cin- of cinema, um, I think I actually lost something watching it somehow. Yeah, um, I don't know, <laughs> and I don't know if it would have been better if we watched Deep Impact, um, the kind of like good twin. But I also heard that was not not a great movie. Um, as far as a numerical scale of how I felt about this, 
I'd probably put it at a two as well, Ryan. Um, 2.5. I'll put it in between you guys um, because I think I like certain scenes. There were little nuggets of, of good shit in there. But the problematic aspects of the movie, um, look, I don't want to be like a fucking, you know, like this grandstanding dude. Um, but they really bothered me in the movie and really hurt my my enjoyment of it. And then it also was just, I was just so bored throughout the uh, huge, <laughs> huge stretches of the movie, man. Like, it just wasn't entertaining. Like, I could watch a shit fest. I could watch Fast and Furious 5 and be like, oh, yeah, like, this is sick. But I did not feel that in this movie, um, you know, for the most part. So 2.5, big old stinker, big old rotten shitter <laughs> for this one. <laughs> yeah i think julie said to me um i think halfway through the movie she said something like i could be doing something else with my time (laughs) you are given a limited amount of minutes on this earth and you paid to use them the president of touchstone productions or touchstone pictures should have put the nuclear key in and blew armageddon up before it was finished (laughs) This movie kind of tip us over the edge because, look, I know in the 2000 election, right, Gore lost by about 500 votes in Florida, all right? And I know Florida has Cape Canaveral, which has the biggest, you know, biggest state space station in the nation. Did this weird Republican space movie tip the election towards George Bush starting eight years of conservatism in the U.S., directly leading to the election of Trump and then the fallout starting um, with the coronavirus because of Trump's inaction. Um, so is this lockdown co- partially, at least a little bit, caused um, by the release of this movie? It's Thoughts? entirely Michael Bay's fault. Yeah. I think <laughs> Michael Bay maybe has a sliver of responsibility here. <laughs> Am I fucking wrong? <laughs> you're not wrong. <sighs> Janelle, you're not wrong. Because um, the... The power that movies have as propaganda huge. is why we talked about that in the first place. The, the movies are powerful. Most people don't consume media except for TV. And the election, Florida, the movie Armageddon be, being so unapologetically pro-American, which is yeah, unfortunately only like one. Peace, like... Yeah. And Ryan, um, I just want to get this on record. Are you coming on my side for my conspiracy theory? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. That no, 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 no. Armageddon. I'm no, not, I mean, I'm you, not, said, you said you're, you're, you have, I have a good point. Um, yeah, I just want to go on record that you're... Conspiracy theory? A conspiracy well, would mean that Michael Bay is in on it. Mm-hmm. The influence of American popular media on political beliefs is an, like an actual thing that you could study. I think maybe if you tried to wind the clock back a little bit and say Michael Bay is responsible for the war on terror and the invasion of Iraq, mm-hmm. now there you're, you're a little bit closer. <laughs> you are right. You are 100% correct. Would, the, would it have happened? Would, would we have invaded Iraq if under a different administration and would this movie have tipped at least 500 votes towards the Republican Party? A pro-drilling Yeah, so absolutely movie. not. We would not have made Iraq under a different administration. That's a, but also, yes, absolutely, this movie tipped 501 votes towards the Republican Party from Florida. 
Oh my god, in April 2013, in a Miami Herald interview, Michael Bay was quoted as having said, dot, 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 it was massive, movie, redo, nervous breakdown. What the fuck are you talking about? What? <laughs> Well, it was a really long like, paragraph, I like, so I just picked some words. To... <laughs> I just, it, it was a really lot of words to say, so I just wanted to, you know, get you the gist of the paragraph. It's important because it was in Miami, the Herald, that he did the interview. 500 votes. <laughs> I yeah, think... I think that's... <laughs> Look, this, this movie is driller porn. They're constantly talking about drilling oil rigs, drills, we're gonna drill it. Let's yeah. do it. Drillers get the job done. And look at look at part of one of um you know one of the mm -hmm. Republican Party's mantras in 2007, 2008. Drill baby drill. All right. Drill Is that a drill. coincidence? You know? Absolutely I'm not. No. I'm thinking but let's let's be, let's be clear. Absolutely not. <laughs> would this it's world not a... be a, would this world be a better place if um if this movie never came out? It might be. Depends on your worldview. Guys, uh, okay. I, I, interjecting here, Ben Affleck was nominated for Choice Movie Actor for the Teen Choice Awards for this movie. Hell yeah. <laughs> and he lost, like he, he should have, because he sucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the, well, I just think to the be nominated. movie was nominated for four Oscars. I mean, it was probably for, like, you know, best sound. asteroid movie or something. One of the undercards. It was, like, best sound mixing. Armageddon might happen oh, yeah. because of this movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel the like we delayed science. Yeah, I feel like we delayed science so much because of this movie um, that if an actual asteroid was going to come upon us, I think this movie, like, we might not fucking make it because we don't, we didn't fund science enough. Yeah. We didn't fund enough, like. Or even if, like, the, there's also two other aspects you're not thinking about. What if, like, the Christian god's hand was supposed to come in and actually divert the comet coming towards us? And then they, they're like, oh, they've thought about this before. Let's see what he, let's see what they've thought up. And he watches Armageddon and he's like, <laughs> and decides not to divert the comet mm -hmm. away from Earth. Like, and then also, what if he sees the movie and he's the one who nudges it towards us? Yeah. In the first mm. next week, you know, we reviewed we reviewed Armageddon, we reviewed Daredevil. Next week, we're gonna hit Gone Girl. We decided Gone Girl. Let's do it. Okay. Because I can't do another stinker. We can't. We can't do another stinker. This is a guaranteed um, good movie. I've seen it a couple years ago. Ryan probably seen it. Um, couple times, right? Yeah. Um, Jace, you I haven't have seen it, right? No. This is going to be the, one of the later movies in the Affleck Cinematic Universe, but I think uh, I think it'll be good. Well, that'll do it. That'll that'll do it for us um, this time around, guys. Uh, you know, I think we we did spend pretty much the whole time talking about Armageddon again, but I think we were more focused this time. <laughs> Maybe eventually we'll we'll be able to get into other subjects here. Um, we're just very excited about about our Affleck movies here. Um, I think it's going to take because... a while because um, 
I'm I'm stoked to talk about Gone Girl. I could do an hour about Gone Girl by myself. <laughs> we'll release that as a bonus episode. Yeah. Of uh, it'll just be Ryan interviewing himself about Gone Girl. This has been Good Boys Gone Bland, reviewing Armageddon. So yeah, that's that's our show, guys. That's our show. Uh, thanks so much for joining us um, this week and, and sticking with us in our Affleck's a- attic portion. Um, Ryan, do you have any words of wisdom to sign us off? Um, All right. Yeah. Well, you... thanks so much, guys. Um... 